Hello everyone, I hope that this audio finds you all well and welcome to another episode of the podcast. So today I am joined by two guests who are my friends and together we are going to talk about erasure. Now for those who are unfamiliar with the definition, it basically means <clears throat> when something is, has been removed or something has been, yeah, missing or gotten rid of. And we thought it would be a great opportunity to talk about this theme in relation to what's happening in the world right now. Um, you know, the, the erasure of histories or voices. Um, and yeah, I, we thought it would be really cool to just talk about this. So, Without further ado, I'm going to hand over to my two great friends to introduce themselves. Anyone? <laughs> so, hi, um, my name is Hannah. Uh, I'm from Nottingham, which you might already know is very famous for Robin Hood. Uh, in England in the middle. Um, it doesn't always rain here, although it did rain today. Uh, and um, I used to be an English language assistant too uh, in 2017 uh, when I lived in France uh, and I'm currently an artist and a curator. Awesome, thank you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Olivia. I I'm now in Berkeley, California, and but I'm originally, I was born in Sao Paulo, Brazil, um, and I, what do I do? I'm a dancer, I'm a contemporary dancer, and I graduated from the London Contemporary Dance School, and now I'm teaching, I'm a teaching assistant, and I teach kids dance, and I also, uh, I'm in a company in San Francisco. Nice. Well, thank you very much, guys, for joining me on this um, on this episode. With yeah, it's really cool to have you guys with me. So yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, as we said at the beginning, um, the theme is erasure, and we thought because we are all artists and we work in different forms and different disciplines within the broader umbrella of the term. We thought it'd be cool to talk about an artwork, which actually Hannah, the amazing Hannah, <laughs> introduced and, and brought to us. And we thought it'd be a great opportunity to start with this um, and how this work explores the theme and then how we can, um, you know, expand the discussion and talk about how this theme also comes up in other aspects of our life and how we are reflecting um, our experiences in today's kind of uh, world and how yeah how erasure is actually a lot more apparent than what meets the eye so cool so um, to introduce the artwork I'm going to read a very short paragraph um, from the Tate's website and just in case you don't know the Tate uh, is a museum, an art museum in London. Now this artwork is called Mother Tongue and it was made in 2002. And the artist is called Zainab Zadira. And here is the short paragraph about the artwork. In Mother Tongue, 
the artist, her mother and her daughter try to exchange childhood memories in their native languages, French, Arabic and English. Sadira was born in Paris to Algerian parents and moved to London to study art where her daughter was born. The work reflects on storytelling as a way to preserve cultural identity across generations. Uh, it explains the difficulty of maintaining a shared heritage across different countries and with different languages and acknowledges the complexity and difficulties of identity. Uh, and this artwork uh, is made up of three separate films and each film shows uh, the either the uh, grandma speaking Arabic to her granddaughter who speaks English. Uh, the other one shows the artist speaking to her daughter in French and her daughter speaking English. And then the final one shows the grandmother speaking Arabic to her daughter who is the artist uh, who's speaking French. Um, so as you can notice, each of uh, the people in the videos um, are not speaking the same language uh, and um, it, it makes it difficult if you can't speak the same language. Um, and yeah, the work kind of explores how difficult it can be if you move to a new country with a new culture and a new language. How do you keep your old culture from your heritage? But how do you also um, integrate into your uh, new culture? So how do you fit in to your new country and your new language and your new culture? Great, thank you. <laughs> Nice. <clears throat> so uh, maybe it would be great to start with you, Hannah. Why, why does this work in particular connect to the theme of erasure for you? Great question, Atifa. Thank you. Um, so um, this artwork is very personal for me um, because it was practically like seeing my life story on the screen. It was very weird. Um, I was in Paris in a museum and I just started crying um, and that is because um, my family, so my mum is from England and my dad is from Algeria and we, we live in England but I have a lot of family in Algeria and they all speak Arabic so I have our Arabic speaking grandparents but unfortunately I can't speak Arabic and this was something my dad never taught me when I was little so whenever we would go to Algeria for the summer holidays, um, I could not communicate with my grandparents. So to me, it felt like um, some of my personal identity was a little bit lost because I think that culture is so connected to language. Um, and when that, uh, when that language is lost, because to me, it feels like something has been taken from me because I should be able to speak the language that half my family speaks. I should be able to speak the language my dad can speak. Yeah. Um, so it does feel to me like something is lost. Um, and um, the, this particular artwork I think shows very well how difficult it must be to be uh, an immigrant to be somebody from a different place and to try and fit in with a new culture 
and what decisions you have to make for your children from sometimes from fear of wanting them to fit in um, as best as they can um, so I think in my case making sure that you know English was spoken in the home so that both my parents could understand me um, so for me I think it's a really I think it's a story that can um, can fit a lot of different people's stories I think nice Olivia what uh, what are your thoughts on this I mean yeah I, like she said that it this idea of communicating through language is I mean so many it can connect with so many people um and I have somewhat of a similar connection to that to because my my mom is Brazilian and my dad is American but my grandma, my dad's mom, she's French. And so growing up, my dad um, learned French because she taught him. And so we have relatives in France and, and he can communicate with them easily. And, but then with me growing up, I never learned French and because he never taught me. He always said, oh, I only know a bit of French. I, don't, I can't have a full conversation with someone, which isn't true. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I I'm a bit disappointed that he didn't teach me French because when I, did go, when I did go to Paris to visit my family there, I, I tried to learn French, a few words, but I can't get around. <laughs> the city of Paris and speaking, trying to speak French because I can't. So I was speaking in English and I, I felt very out of it, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, and, but I, but so unfortunately I can't speak French, but my, I did learn Portuguese because my mom is Brazilian and I was born in Brazil and I have, my family there so and I grew up speaking Portuguese so that's something <laughs> <laughs> yeah um it kind of makes me think about I don't know if this kind of applies to you guys but like it seems like there's like gray areas or there's like these kind of gaps that are kind of lost in translation and it makes me think about something that um you know, could potentially breed ignorance. Now, not only, not from us, as in, um, you know, it seems as if, well, Olivia and Hannah, you guys are aware that your parents made decisions in order to help you, um, you know, initially and primarily, but um, I'm just thinking on a wider scale in terms of just language and like Hannah, like you said, um, you know, the power of words, the power of communication, do you think that this could possibly breed ignorance for people who potentially don't understand a culture, don't understand there's, you know, a history that's kind of been lost in a sense in order to kind of, um, you know, comp it's like a compromise, if that makes sense. And I feel like, especially living, I mean, Hannah, living in the UK, I mean, especially during like, um, 
when we were when we were going through the EU referendum and kind of Brexit and this whole kind of palaver about culture and speaking English and having this emphasis on English, but then also this kind of in-between space that was like, you know, you're not from here, uh, where are you from? And, you know, I feel like with these kind of, you know, with, with us who are of mixed heritage and we have different cultures and our family are from different places, yeah, like, do you think there's something there in terms of ignorance that, you know, um, you know, is quite prominent from my experience? I'm not sure if it's, well, yeah, I wonder what you guys think of this. Um, yeah, I definitely think so. I think being brought up in a uh, a mixed cultural home, um, you become far more aware of sacrifices that people, that like immigrants, for example, make to move to a country. You become far more aware of the the difficulties that like refugees might face or um, basically people coming to try and fit in. And also you become far more aware as an English speaker, the privilege that you have to navigate this world because although, um, you know, although I can't speak Arabic, um, it would probably like, for example, when I went to Jordan, they speak Arabic there, but I, I can't speak Arabic. So I would speak English and that was fine. That was completely fine because I was speaking English. If I'd been speaking German, there might've been a problem because you know, German isn't this, this worldwide language. And I think a lot of people in the UK, it's, I don't know, it's, this might sound weird, but like it's our responsibility as, colonizers uh to accept that english is not ours anymore it is the world's language and that comes that comes in many different accents it comes um at many different speeds it comes maybe a bit broken but it's still understandable and the effort it takes which i'm sure your students and your listeners will understand it takes a lot of effort to learn a new language and to try and express yourself in it and it's very frustrating and I think a lot of um, British people from the UK have never experienced that frustration because they haven't had to because every other place most of the time speaks English so I think in some cases it can it can cause ignorance and uh, make people not be as patient as they should be. Um, so I always try whenever, uh, if I'm aware that that person is foreign or maybe they're having difficulty expressing themselves, like I would never, you know, never want to ridicule or, um, make fun of someone or it's always about, um, you know being patient and and waiting and things so i do think within britain we have sometimes um there is this idea of of placing blame to different things for example with brexit i won't get into it i'm very sad by the way all the people that are listening i voted against it um <laughs> not everybody voted for it please <laughs> anyway um yeah so um 
yeah, I think um, it's a very complicated thing. And it is also, it's that this question of where are you from? Um, so I, I am a, a white woman and I have been asked, where am I from? So I can't imagine what it must be like to be in Britain and to be uh, a person of colour or to be black mm. because you're going to get that question so much more I imagine than what I have and it's from having that person ask me where am I from it was so it was so frustrating because I this is where I'm from what you really want to ask me is what is my heritage or where are my parents from right, right. so readdress your question not that you have the right to ask that question. Mm. Uh, like I'll decide if I want to give you that answer, mm. but you, there needs to be a shift because if I'm here, then I'm here. Right. You know, and I don't have to be born here to be British. Like, right. so um, yeah, hopefully that answers. <laughs> <laughs> no, it does. It really does. What do you think, Olivia? Do you have any thoughts on this? Wow, I'm just processing everything that Hannah just said. <laughs> um, I mean, it was amazing. Because um, now that you've brought in, like, skin color into this conversation, I think being in the States now, especially during this time when there's this movement of Black Lives Matter, um, it's, it's very frustrating. I mean, because I would consider myself white because even like coming from Brazil, there are all kinds of colors of people and there's so many Japanese Brazilians and there are black Brazilians, there are white Brazilians. And so I would consider myself a white Brazilian. Um, and so I don't know why I'm so connected to this movement um it's I, I get very frustrated when i see another white person calling like a colored person out and saying oh you don't belong here or go back to your country and it but then you think about it and actually that white person most likely was the first was their family their wherever they came from they were the immigrants <laughs> um so which is very interesting to me because it's it's you're being very hypocritical you're telling someone who was probably here before your family to go back to their country but even though you were the one invading their country does that make sense? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it's um I often find that question really interesting because I think we do forget um this is what I mean. Like there's this is what I mean by the gap. There's a gap in knowledge, there's a gap in understanding that you know family trees and you know yeah, generations, they, you know, it's very unlikely for someone to only be based in one one place. Um, it's very rare. Uh, 
I mean, it happens, of course, but um, I just get really interested by this idea of someone feeling the need or the in the position to tell someone else to go back to somewhere where they where actually, I guess, generationally they might be from, but actually they're born in in a space. So, on aren't they not a citizen of the country that they are living in? And like Hannah said, like you know, you don't have to be, be, you know, you don't have to be born in a place to be, cons- like, if, if, if you, for example, for my knowledge, uh, I met a guy in Spain who's actually Nigerian, but he's just applied for citizenship in Spain, and it was approved, and um, so now he's a Spanish citizen, like, he has, he has two, he has two hair, um, yeah, he has two heritages now. Like he's Spanish and he's Nigerian. But what I found really interesting was that they asked him to give up his Nigerian citizenship for his Spanish citizenship, which I thought was interesting because therefore when he does that, is he now Nigerian? <laughs> or is he no longer Nigerian and he's Spanish? But it's interesting how you have to negotiate, you know, one culture for another when actually the idea that one culture does it is very unlikely that exists and actually a lot of it is you know is cross sections and lots of it is mixed heritage a lot of the time but there's this kind of weird um understanding that there's only one way of something and yeah i get really confused by it (laughs) that's interesting because so me it i think it depends on what countries you're a national of so technically I am an Algerian citizen and I am a British citizen I have passports for both um, and Britain is one that allows you is a, is a country interestingly enough that allows you to hold two nationalities so it's interesting actually that the the Spanish one makes you choose I have heard of people having to Uh, It's called denouncing a nationality to give up a nationality. Um, But then, like you said, um, that's that's just a really strange thing to do because culture comes in so many different layers. Um, But surely that's just that's just um, administration. That's just official papers. It's not it's not how you feel or like how you've um how you've fit into a new community how you've worked um to be part of a new community um regardless of whether or not somebody takes away um your official papers or your passport um but i do i do like you said think it's really strange that um some countries maybe force this decision on individuals um yeah because we're 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 human beings and we're made up of so many different layers and to to try and strip a very significant part of someone's identity away in a in an official way in an official capacity is very strange i agree yeah i guess it kind of links back with this idea of erasure in a sense but I guess it's not on your terms (laughs) 
if you decide to raise something um but more of a a negotiation um and yeah like olivia like you said you were born in brazil but then you moved to the us when you were very young like how in terms of your experience how do you feel to extent you had to give up or negotiate and actually hannah too like do you feel like you had to negotiate um you know once one national nationality of your of yourself for another or like yeah i don't know what is your kind of um i feel like well in my experience i don't think i really had that like i didn't have to choose because i also do have dual citizenship mm -hmm. i have two passports i have a brazilian and an american passport um so i i don't know i can't i feel like i can't really say much about that yeah do you think do you think it's helped being able to speak portuguese and english do you think that's had an impact on that? Yes, definitely. Um, because if, well, because Portuguese, as many other languages, it comes from the Latin roots and where like Spanish, Portuguese, French, Italian, all these languages, they have, they all come from Latin. And so for me to be able to speak Portuguese, it was actually quite easy for me to learn Spanish in school. Mm. Um, because a lot of the structure and conjugations are similar and a few words are very, very similar, such as like, so the word for door, as you may listeners know, is puerta in Spanish. And then, but then in Portuguese is porta. And it's, it's so similar in that way. So for me to have learned and now know how to speak Portuguese, it's a it's a huge advantage, I think. Nice. Yeah. Well, I have a question for you guys. Um, we unfortunately would have to wrap this up um, soon, but I just wanted to kind of shift um, your thoughts on instead of looking, I guess, at the problematicness that comes with this kind of really complex and quite com you know complicated theme. Um, just in general, what what's the positive thing that you've taken from the fact that you are able to have dual heritage um, nationality, sorry, and be able to embrace, even though you might not have learned Arabic or you might not have learned French, uh, what kinds of kinds of yeah positive things have you taken from understanding and acknowledging that that was something a part of your history and how how it's affecting you now. I think um, I think coming from kind of two cultures that really uh, traditionally don't sit side by side, this kind of Arab world, and then you've got like the the English stiffer upper lip. Um, you, it for me anyway. It, I feel far more flexible, and I'm much more adaptable to different situations. Um, like I can turn up my uh, Arabic side or I can turn up my English side so you're really getting the English side right now <laughs> like there's there's this chameleon quality that you have dependent on context dependent on the people you're with um, it's almost like a hidden superpower that I think not 
not everybody can like tap into and I think as an individual it makes you very open uh, to different cultures and to having these discussions and being not that people who aren't from two cultures can't be respectful but there's like a certain extra understanding that I think other people just they could maybe try to get or they might they might understand if they live in a different country for part of their life um but yeah I think it's this this openness and this willingness uh and this kind of this adaptability my superpower I think <laughs> and I agree completely with everything Hannah just said right now <laughs> um yeah because I also feel like for example when I would, I always go to, I would usually go to Brazil over the summer, um, every year. And so, and I, so I spend most of my time here in California. Um, so, but then to have like three months of summer to go to Brazil and spend time there with family and friends, there's just something in me that changes. Like, I don't know if it's mentally, physically, um, I just, I feel like I'm, sounds cliche. I feel like I'm kind of like a different person. Um, and I, I actually, I have realized when I speak Portuguese and when I'm there, especially when I'm in Brazil and speaking with friends and family, I speak louder and faster. Whereas when I speak English, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I speak very slowly, I think, sometimes, um, and, yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm shyer, in a way, I'm not as confident as when I am in, in Brazil, I just thought it was, yeah, very interesting. <laughs> yeah, I guess, um, I like Hannah's analogy of the superpower. <laughs> It's nice. It's really nice. And I, I think just, just to wrap this up, in terms of like what's happening today, what do you think, if you could send out a message to the world um, in relation to really embracing people and stop trying to breed ignorance and misunderstandings, being an individual who is of mixed heritage, what could what would you say to the world to help the world understand people better <laughs> i think that's that's a very difficult question <laughs> um but i this is this is what i think i think with being mixed heritage um there's a certain respect for history and your ancestors and what has gone before you um and acknowledging where privilege has lied so technically if, if very quickly to go into it the british were colonizers the algerian were colonized by the french for, for decades so i come from two very <clears throat> different cultures that had very different powers in the world and my dad was born in occupied algeria it was technically a part of france um whereas my mum was born in England, the British Empire, the Queen, etc. Um, so I think it for people to be able to move forward, we have to look back and we have to take a responsibility for our history, for where we come from, for what part our ancestors have played 
in the current situation that we find ourselves in um and it means you know it really does mean oh it's hard it it you know it means helping those who are most disadvantaged and at this current time it is black people and when we are able to elevate them and to to try <laughs> to um equalize the the oppression that we have placed on black people um then all other races will follow as it were um so i think it's having having a respect for our history and acknowledging that and what has happened and taking responsibility in order for us to move forward i think hopefully that made sense it does it really does livia yeah um i mean everything she said <laughs> um but yeah i think the very important thing to do is to just listen especially in what's happening today listen to people i i can't say it enough you have to listen if you're like if, if if you're not a black person you have you should be listening to what they have to say and support them in any way you can mm. and because this is probably will be this will take a very long time and until hopefully this will end um with this inequality of black people versus white people or black people versus everybody really but um i think yeah just really <laughs> listen and even if you don't know much about your own history and your where you come from and where black people come from do you re like research about it and read articles and talk to black friends that you have and um yeah do a lot of research and learn about the history <laughs> i agree awesome well thank you hannah and olivia for joining this thank you thank you very much yeah i hope you guys and took something from this and again thank you very much for talking about erasure it's such a topic that's really hard to get into in a very short amount of time but thank you very much you too Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.